basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code TBPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with DraftKings daily fantasy lineups. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to SpursCast, episode 607. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the SpursCast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Stephen Anderson. In this episode, Stephen and I will discuss the retirement of Marcus Aldridge, the Spurs in their last four games, Lonnie Walker, the fourth return, and how the team, how the, how the play-in tournament, should I say, works. Let's go to get started. Stephen, how have you been? Hey, Paul. Good to be with you. I've been well. How are you? I've been, I've been doing well myself. Um... Yeah, so I mean, I, I, as we were discussing kind of off the air, you know, we, we were we kind of had our, our agenda ready for, for what we we're going to discuss, but then, uh, you know, Thursday's news about Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, we wanted to make sure we, we, we addressed this uh, with what happened on, on Thursday when he announced his retirement. So let's go ahead and uh, jump right into this episode. Okay, so, um, you know, we do want to open up with, with the news about Lamarcus Aldridge, because even though he's technically not a Spur anymore, we know that he just, he was part of this team and, and part of this, this uh, franchise. Uh, so on Thursday, um, you know, Aldridge um, announced that he, he is going to retire from the NBA. He says that uh, recently after a game with the Brooklyn Nets, who he's been playing with, uh, he, he, re- he recently had a, a regular heartbeat. And we know that he's had some issues, um, you know, in the past medical issues, uh, you know, uh, concerns about his heart. Because uh, back in 2017, when he was a Spur, I remember he had to sit out a few games with the heart arrhythmia. Um, and then also he had some earlier uh, uh, um, instances with, with Portland as well. So, you know, Aldridge, um, he does finish as a seven-time All-Star, um, three times with the Spurs, a five-time all NBA uh, level player, two times with the Spurs, and then uh, we know that he was one of the one of the few marquee free agents who actually chose to, to sign with San Antonio. So that was a that was a really big deal back in the summer of 2015 when the Spurs had cap space, and you know they were trying to get different free agents, and Lamarcus was the one who did choose San Antonio. So I, um, you know, again, he's not on the team anymore, but Stephen, just the fact that he just you know was part of this team this year, and he's kind of been part of the franchise. Uh, what are some of your just your top memories uh, of Lamarcus? Yeah, for, first off, Paul. I mean, well, I was uh, I was actually driving, and I see I, I get the notification on my phone from Woj and uh, from Shams, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Lamarcus retires." Like, what? So I read more into it, and obviously, we know about the heart arrhythmia, and we know his irregular heartbeat. I, from my understanding, he was actually playing with Brooklyn, I believe, on Saturday, and it happened during the game. So 
later that day, or that night, I should say, he felt even worse. And as he said, and, and you guys can go read his uh, full statement on his on his social media, media accounts. But Paul, I mean, this was the right decision for him health wise. Health comes before anything before, uh, you know, family and your health come first. And I think that's the right decision despite him. You know, obviously wanted to win a championship and things like that. But, I um, mean, yeah, he was here with the Spurs since uh, he signed in the summer of 2015. And one of my top memories, I have two, actually. Um, his Christmas Day game, uh, the Spurs, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure this was their last Christmas Day game against the uh, Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. And LaMarcus just went off. Uh, and he was in a rhythm early. I remember, uh, you know, Tony Parker fed him early and he got hot and he stayed hot the entire game. But probably the best one, I would say, is his 56 point performance against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I believe that was in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that was probably the best he's looked, not just in, in, a, in a Spurs uniform, but pro- possibly even in his entire career. That was just a great game from him. Um, he really willed the Spurs that night, and I mean, th- I mean that j- that just showed why the Spurs picked him out. Yeah, I know he had some issues. Um, you know, we we talked about uh, on on this podcast multiple times, like does he fit and all these type of things. But I mean that that those two performances for me showed why the Spurs went out and signed him in the first place for for things like that. And I mean, it's a shame that he had to end it this way. But I mean, I'm sure all of us, and I'm sure all, all, every NBA. Pl- player and every NBA team, anyone that LaMarcus has interacted with over the past, you know, uh, five years at least in San Antonio. And then the time he was in Portland, we'll, we'll remember him for the great guy he was. And, you know, we all wish him well moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, and actually, just to, we both made a stake there. So it was actually a, 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 a regular season game where he had 56. But I remember that was actually that was actually one of my top memories as well of, of his his days as a spur. Um, you know, that that's one of them is definitely that that 56 point game. I, can, I still remember that against OKC. Also, that one series a few years ago against the Houston Rockets. Remember, it was an elimination game. Uh, it was in Houston. He just like he just he just tore Houston apart with it with his performance that night. Uh, that was one big one. And then just for me also uh, was just the day that he had, that we got the news that he signed that he was going to sign. San Antonio. I remember um, I was heading to the Spurs practice practice facility for s- some sort of media interview. I forgot what was happening that day, but or I think it was um it might have been for the uh, they were getting ready to go to um to the summer league that the players. Anyway, I was driving to my car and then all of a sudden I, I get Woj's alert. You know, uh, um I think I was in my watch or my phone at the time, and, and it said like he, he put like breaking Lamarcus Aldridge to start, sign, decided to choose the San Antonio Spurs. So and that was like wow, I, I couldn't believe like you know he, he, like the Spurs got got the guy like the guy that the, the marquee free agent they, after all those um, different years where they had been tra- chasing different players and they couldn't quite get a, a, a you know a star and it was LaMarcus who, who decided to join San Antonio so yeah you're right you know he, he made the right decision you know you got to definitely put your your, your health and, and your family first um and, and you know unfortunately you know, he, he won't be able to get that chance with Brooklyn this year to try to to, to get an NBA championship but you know he, he's had a really great career uh like you mentioned with, with Portland and then his time in San Antonio and then um you know and just those few games with, with Brooklyn uh, had he been, been able to be a part of that team so yeah so it's, you know we definitely wish LaMarcus the best of of luck now um heading into retirement um let's go ahead and jump right into to, to how the spurs are doing uh so since i last recorded uh the team has uh actually won some games that's a good that's a good sign because i mean the last time i couldn't even talk about any wins they were on a losing streak so so they are two and two in the last four games uh let's go back to friday night uh last friday so you and i recorded this on a thursday evening so they they, they did lose to, uh at denver to the, to the nuggets in their second time playing them um, um by two points the spurs were the underdog they did fall behind by 18 however they made a pretty good run there in the, in the fourth and um and they were basically 
basically like a Keldon Johnson um, layup at the end there, um, d- defended my Michael Porter Jr. to to send it to overtime. So, so you know they were right there; they were very competitive in that game. Then on Sunday, they finally. Um, Snapped their five-game losing streak. They got a, they got a win against the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Uh, they, the Spurs were the underdog. It was pretty a pretty close game throughout, and San Antonio held on for the win there against Dallas. So that was an impressive win for the Spurs. Then on Monday, the Spurs just demolished uh, or the Orlando Magic in Orlando. Well, not technically in Orlando. Um, another yeah, it was Orlando. <laughs> Sorry, I got the next game mix, mixed up. So anyway, yeah, they they they, uh, they they basically blew out the Magic. They were up by thirty. They were favored in this game. They took care of business there. They they won by twenty three. There was on Wednesday. It's where I have the, my my wrong floor team it was the toronto raptors who are currently playing in florida that's that's what i was trying to say there and, and they this is this was a letdown kind of loss for the spurs because this could be another another one of those games where um it might come back to haunt them if they don't get into the playing game or they if they're trying to get the eight seed or seven seed this is one of the those games that's going to haunt them um they lost by five. Uh, they made it close in the fourth. But what happened, the circumstances coming in were that, was that one, San Antonio was favored by five and a half. Two, the Raptors were missing five players, in, including two of their top guards in, in um, Fred Van Vliet and uh, Kyle Lowry. And then also Toronto was on the second night of a back-to-back. The Spurs had had a, at least a day off before that. So by, by like the second half, the Spurs had fallen behind by 13. They did make a, a late push there, but they couldn't quite um, overcome the, come the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the hurdle against the Raptors. So, so Toronto got that win. That's a, that's a, that's a good, disappointing loss for San Antonio. The state of the team, uh, this team now has 19 games left. Uh, they are 10th out west with the 26-27 and 27 record, as you and I record. They're 19th on offense and 11th on defense. Uh, you know, Because now we have to actually start addressing the lottery, if, if the season ended today, they'd be in, they'd be in position to, to probably get the 13th pick in the lottery, and they do have the second hardest schedule left in the league. So I know that's a lot of information. Stephen, take it wherever you want, any direction. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I'm glad we get to talk about some wins, first of all, because, I mean, th- yeah, that, I know. that stretch was, was bad. And, I mean, and looking at what the, you mentioned their schedule, what they have left, I mean, it's probably going to get worse if we're all being honest here. But yeah. just mm-hmm. just addressing these last four games, they went 2-2, two and two, as you said. Uh, that Denver game was probably, I think, they the, even though they lost, it was probably the best that they've looked in a mm-hmm. while because they were down 18. They had a chance to come back and tie late. And I mean, that's that that second half where they came back. That's where I was like, okay, this is the fight that I wanted to see from this team for for a while. But I mean, a lot of things are coming into it. I'll get to that in just a second. The game against Dallas, um, that was close, surprisingly. Surprisingly close since Dallas has been a thorn in the Spurs side for much of the season. Uh, this is the only one the Spurs had against them. So that can, that tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to touch on Orlando because the Spurs... I think that's the one team the Spurs have consistently played well against is Orlando, and Orlando's just completely tanking at this point. Yeah. And then um, the Raptors, that that game, I mean, first of all, I also, I'm not a Raptors uh, writer or anything like that, so I completely forgot they're not even in Toronto this year, so you're not mm-hmm. the only one. <laughs> I was like, wait, they're in Florida now? So, I mean, um, yeah, so I mean, that game was, I think, and this is the thing that's, that's kind of puzzling, is that this Spurs team, and not just with Toronto, but this Spurs team happened against Indiana as well, that when a team is missing mm-hmm. a good group of guys, or at least a good portion of their roster, the Spurs cannot just manage to win the games that they should have. We saw it against the Clippers in San Antonio, against Indiana, and now we saw it against Toronto, where key guys are missing and they're still beating the Spurs when the Spurs either have had a good group together or even if the Spurs have some injuries, they should be still be able to get the win and it just doesn't come out that way. But, I mean, yeah, I, I'm looking at this, Paul, and I mean, one thing I will say is this schedule, and not just for the Spurs, but the entire NBA is just... 
it's crazy. I mean, Jamal Murray tore his ACL mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Um, and I'm starting to wonder, and again, I'm not, I know we're talking about the Spurs, but I'm talking about maybe as a whole NBA, like, is this schedule really the safest option, you know, for all the teams right now? And the Spurs probably, as you mentioned, have the second hardest schedule left. Um, they don't have any consecutive days off until the season is nope. over. Mm-hmm. And that's 19 games from now. They are currently 26th and 27th, and, and currently they are 10th in the West. That is the last spot for the play-in tournament. They are just two games ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans, who are number 11 right now. And honestly, the way the schedule looks, I would be surprised if they made the playoffs at this point the way they're playing. But then again, I would not also not be surprised if they snuck in as well. But, I mean, Paul, this, this team, I think they just looked exhausted, and understandably so. I mean, there's games where they look like they should win and they just end up not getting the win. There's games where they look like they should probably lose and they somehow end up winning. So, I mean, that's the thing with, I think, this young squad that the Spurs have, plus this pack schedule, you know, games every other night, back to back, you know, it, it's getting to them. And, and I think that this second half is kind of undoing what it, I think you and I were really surprised on that good first half they had. Yeah, and like you know, just like you said, there's definitely some um, some issues with the, just the condensed schedule. Um, you know, Coach Pop even said it just last or a week or two ago now, where he he said, you know, we're just fried. The team is fried at this point. And so, uh, and then I think something else that you talked about was that that Denver game. Um, one of the players, I don't know if it was Dejounte or Derek, right? One of the players did say though, um, after I think it was the Dallas game or the, or the Magic game, that um, it felt like they had turned the corner in that Denver game, even though they didn't win it. It just felt like there was like, oh, we finally got you know, we we got we we, we they figured out their their game plan again. And then and then you saw it with that win against Dallas. And then you know, blowing out Orlando. That's why. That's why it's always tough to kind of put an expectation on this team because you think that oh, they finally turned the corner and they're going to start you know just taking care of business now against the teams they should beat like Toronto. But then they didn't do that, and we saw that they kind of re- reverted back. But but even like in Coach Pop's comments against the um, against the Raptors, he wasn't like you know saying that you know, the Spurs really you know gave this one away or they really uh, they didn't bring the right focus. He did say that they put they provided great effort. He just says that it's all those like little um, those hustle plays, those those physical plays like second chance points is. What, what just did them in for this game so even coach pop's comments are different than in normal years like you know when the team loses uh, to a team that they should have have beaten so 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 you know that's kind of that's what's interesting you know you know even from coach pop's perspective uh with this team now part of uh um, you know he, he's not the, the direct reason for the for these for these wins lately but um you know a, a, a big boost to this team that they really lacked was um not having lonnie walker there and so now he's been back for these last four games that we're, that we're discussing and we've seen some gains here for the team both both in his and lonnie's individual performance but also just the team as a whole so so let's first talk a little bit about the offense now that lonnie's back um you know the team is two and two in his return since he's come back in these last four games after missing nine straight with a wrist injury uh what well, one thing we've seen is definitely the, the bench has won the scoring battle against the the other second unit of the other team they've won that battle in three of the four games basically and during that five game losing streak when Lonnie wasn't present um the team the, the bench could never win a scoring battle against the other bench so, th- so that's one part part you see there with just adding Lonnie back we have seen an increase in the team's um, three-point accuracy and also their wide open three-point percentage um lo- uh, having Lonnie back gives the Spurs at least a second player who can make wide open threes at 40 percent or better uh, only Patty Mills does that on this team we've, d- we've discussed that multiple times here on the Spurs cast so now all of a sudden they have an extra floor spacer who 
who, who is respected, who, who defenses really can't sag off of to pack the paint. Uh, he also gives them on offense a, a fifth driver uh, to, you know, slash into the to, to, to the hoop in the half court set or on the out on the break. And so, you know, he's, he's right behind DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, Kelton Johnson and Derek White. And, and we've seen that that Lonnie's able to penetrate because the team has gotten way more assists now that ever since he came back. They've in two of their last four games, they've hit 30 or better or 30 or more assists. And then something else he, he provides to this bench is that or just to the team is he can he can kind of go off for 10, 15 points sometimes or 20 points uh, here and there. And we've seen that kind of just by his scoring. We know he's kind of inconsistent with his scoring, but but he can provide that spark. Uh, we saw that in the first game back, eight points. The second the second game, um, 13 points. I remember that that Orlando game, he had 12 points, but he really kickstarted that run for the Spurs where they really just took off and never looked back against Orlando. And then he had nine points recently uh, in that loss to, to Toronto. And so what, what he does is that, you know, during that that, that five-game losing streak and, and those games that Lonnie was out, if, if Patty or Rudy, if either one of them had a bad night, it's really tough for the, for the bench to get a lot of scoring because even though, you know, Drew Eubanks and Devin Vassell play, play minutes as well, uh, those two players just don't put up put up the, the points, uh, you know, put up numbers. They're, they're more of them, you know, uh, Drew just kind of just scores near the paint if there's an opportunity there. And then Devin kind of hits your wide open three when, or your threes when, when they're available. Whereas Patty and Rudy, they, the team really depends on their, you know, nine to 11 points each night. And so if one of those guys is cold or off for a game, well, then it's really tough. So now all of a sudden Lonnie provides some support there. And then also we've seen an increase in their fast break scoring since he's returned in three of the four games. So, so what do you want to say about on offense with Lonnie's return? Yeah, so I'll start with the offense. I mean, uh, first of all, it's good to have him back. I mean, yeah, I know he was out with that wrist injury, and mm-hmm. uh, we saw him uh, in one of those games. Actually, he was playing, and he was just kept playing with his wrist, you know, moving it around, and, and you could tell it was bothering him. Not and even before that, I think it's like it's been a season long battle with him, and I mean that. Unfortunately, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. You don't want to see any players out for any any extended period of time. However, I will say. This time seems to really help Lonnie. I mean, before that, he was kind of regressing a little bit after a nice hot start. Uh, he was kind of like not really as explosive as, you know, we're used to seeing him. But I mean, the, he, obviously he had the injury, but I mean, at the time really has helped him. I mean, as you mentioned, the team's three-point percentage has gone up. Wide open three-point percentage has gone up. Um, him and Patty, as you said, are the only two shooters who are actually consistently hitting their threes now. Um mm. So that's good news. I mean, I really enjoy Lonnie. I've enjoyed Lonnie's performance uh, all season, uh, despite him going through that little, you know, uh, downward uh, spiral a little bit in, in the middle. But he's he's played very well. He looks more confident. I mean, he looks more comfortable. Obviously, when you're injured and you're not going to look comfortable, I mean, he looks more comfortable in the offense. And I will say, I thought because he was out for nine games, I thought he would have a little bit of rust on him. He didn't. Surprisingly, he came out mm-hmm. and he was just aggressive. He he looked for he looked for his shot. He wasn't trying to force anything. I mean, uh, obviously, fast break wise, um, he helps in that area as well. And the Spurs have actually done well in that in that department since his return. Um, also, I will say there's another guy driving to the paint other than Keldon. You know, Demar, Dejounte. There's another guy to go into the paint, which we all know he likes to do. So, I mean, I think the team is another reason why the team is actually scoring better is because Lonnie is back, and Lonnie has been consistent in his time since he's gotten back. So, I think that's a good, uh, good news for the Spurs moving forward, and we'll we'll see how that goes uh, offensively when they uh, tr- play again tomorrow against Portland. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he had a moment on Twitter the other night. I forgot. Um, there was one of those games where he just threw down a crazy dunk in the open court. He, he dunked on someone. Remember that one? So, yeah, that was another thing, too. And um, now something you just t- you just mentioned there, Stephen, was the fact that he just looks fresh, you know, cause, because because uh, unfortunately, because he was injured, that in a way helped him get some 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 rest. And, and Coach Pop kind of like uh, not, not really joked about it, but he, he was asked about that. You know, how do players get rest right now? He's like, you know, unless you get injured, you're not going to get any rest right now. And so in a way that kind of helped him in a way. And it just looks like, like visually when you when you watch Lonnie, he's he's just looks like two steps ahead of everyone on the court even the, the opponents just because i think other teams like you mentioned earlier are tired as well that when, when a guy's out for like you know nine nine games there you know you just they come back you it, they just look so much quicker and just have that way more speed burst and so that kind of looks evident with lonnie the fact that he's giving this team finally some fresh legs that they haven't had at all because you know like you mentioned there's no consecutive days off until the end of the year um and now let's just talk a little bit about defense what he's pro- providing to the team now that he's back um you know he, he provides another uh, versatile defender for this team um we saw that in that game against dallas where you know Derek white and Dejounte. Murray got all you know all the starting minutes against Luka Doncic, but but when either of them went out in that game, Lonnie became the primary defender guarding Luka. So so again, he gives them like a third option uh, to, to guard some of the tougher matchups uh, uh, in in the NBA. Uh, Coach Pop also commented on how he's actually becoming a better team defender, and um, you know th- these aren't just directly attributed to, Yon- to to Lonnie, but we did see that in three of these last four games that he's been back, that the opponents have been turning the ball over a little bit more, uh, and then also uh, you know just his individual numbers don't kind of stick out; they don't really stick out you know for, for the whole season as a whole um so i don't know if you want to mention anything about his defense yeah so i mean obviously um i mean luca is probably one of the toughest guys to guard in the nba i mean we saw that completely insane and still kind of weird shot he hit yeah. <laughs> in the game winner uh a night ago so i still don't know how that went in looking at it but i mean yeah so luca is probably one of the toughest guys to guard in the nba but uh dejounte murray Derek white are probably the two best defenders on the spurs but lonnie is right behind them i mean we saw him poke the ball away from Luca at one point for the for the chase away or the the uh, breakaway slam dunk there. I mean, uh, Lonnie is becoming a good defender. We saw what he did against James Harden whenever James Harden uh, was was still with the Rockets before he decided to uh, you know leave. Um, so Lonnie is actually getting to be a pretty good defender, not just offense. I think he needs to work a little bit more defensively. But I mean, if he can put in the work like Pop has been has been saying, obviously Pop has been seeing. Uh, things close up like uh, unlike you and I but I mean Lottie is I think a uh, dark horse defensively for the Spurs that I don't think a lot of teams are really looking at right now but I mean it's all, if they continue to, to do what he's doing right now I think that will change very quickly yeah, and like we said, you know, just having him uh, back on the team just gives him a, another dynamic of dynamic player on on both ends of the court. Um, now let's move on to our last topic, Stephen. And this is um this is kind of a question I've been getting a lot um, online is that you know how, how does the playing game work, the playing tournament work, and then also you know what's going to happen to the Spurs' draft picks. So first, let's talk about the the tournament because um you know uh, the Spurs have fallen out of eight the eight, the eight seed for a few weeks now. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of they were in that ninth spot, but now they're actually down to tenth. That you and I are recording this. So um you know the way it works is as seeds in, in each conference. Um, the West and the East, they uh, they get seated seven, eight, and nine, and ten uh, on each conference are, are going to be in in, in, uh, in in different games. So there's going to be called the seven versus eight game. So let's just take today's scenario. Like let's say right now it's Dallas and seven and Memphis and eight. So those two teams would play in a game at the end of the year, and um, the winner would become the seven seed automatically. So whoever wins that game between the seven and eight becomes the, the winner. Then there's a game called the nine ten game, and that's right now today if that happened. That would be the Warriors versus the Spurs. The Warriors at ninth, the Spurs at tenth, and so whoever wins that game moves on to play the loser that lost the seven eight game. So let's just take one scenario. So let's just say that it was Dallas versus Memphis for the seven eight game. 
let's say Dallas beats Memphis. Well, then that means the Mavs are locked into number seven for the playoffs. Memphis, though, now has to play whoever wins um, in the 9-10 game between the Spurs and Grizzlies. So let's just take, let's just say the Spurs win and they beat the Grizzlies. Okay, so if the Spurs win, then they have to still move on to try to face the uh, the Grizzlies. Uh, no, no, not the Grizzlies. Uh, the, say the Spurs beat the Warriors. I apologize. So, so Spurs beat Warriors, then Spurs move on and they play the Grizzlies. So Grizzlies. So basically, the loser of the 7-8 game gets two chances to get to, to get knocked out. And and the and the team in the nine ten has to win two games. It's even harder for them. So then the Spurs face the Grizzlies now, um, uh, in, in this in this uh, you know in this uh, scenario. So if the Spurs were to beat the Grizzlies, well then the Spurs would get eighth. If the Grizzlies were to beat the Spurs, well then the Grizzlies would get eighth. And that's kind of how it works. So so again, it's it's kind of like the, the team. So right now where the Spurs are at a tenth, they would have to win two games to get into the playoffs. And uh, if they were to finish seven or eight, well then they would have to um, just win one game basically to get into the playoffs in that scenario. And then of course if they fall to eleventh or through fifteenth, they're, they're not. They're, I mean, yeah, they're not going to get in the playoffs. Uh, so now one interesting question I've been getting as well is is what's what's going to happen to their draft pick? You know, in, in both scenarios, whether they get in or they get out. And so this one, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I I did some research uh, today before you and I recorded and on the NBA side in terms of like, like we have, I have access to their media site and there's not a lot of information. I'm telling you, like I, I really dug in and it's only about how the games are going to work. It doesn't really clarify exactly what's going to happen with the draft picks. So here's my biggest takeaway. Um, the, the biggest takeaway would be that, that if the Spurs, uh, as long as the Spurs don't get eighth. So in any scenario, as long as they don't get eighth in this tournament, then they're going to hold on to uh, wherever they finish, whether it's ninth or 10th. And then you got to remember that there's also East teams that are ninth or 10th. So, so that means that like if today's scenarios took place, they would be the, the Bulls, the Spurs, the Pacers, and the Warriors who would all be at those lottery um, 9-10 seeds for the lottery. And then, of course, their seeding would be based on who has the worst record amongst those four teams. So so that's kind of the biggest takeaway from what I can tell. Uh, unless the NBA gives us more cl- uh, uh, clarity on how this, the, the, the picks are going to work. Um, unless the Spurs uh, if the Spurs get eighth, well, then they would get that eighth pick. I mean, that, that eighth slot wherever they're... Um, not the eighth pick, but you know what I mean. Like they're gonna, they're, they would have been the lottery, should I say? So anyway, as long as the Spurs don't get into playoffs, basically they're not gonna, they're gonna get a lottery pick. But if they do get into the playoffs, they're not gonna get a lottery pick. And and that's kind of the the best takeaway that, that I that I can tell from right now until the NBA gives us any kind of um more more um d- definitive answer. Uh, did you have any comments on on, on that that tournament? Well, I mean, I'm glad I'm not the only one that's confused by it. I mean, I'm glad I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad it's you too. I mean, this is the thing. I mean. I've always felt indifferent about it. And I know last season um, was obviously with COVID and the bubble and all this other stuff. I understood why they did it. But now I'm looking at it like I don't get it. But then again, I do. I mean, the reason why I don't get it is because, I mean, everybody's having the same number of games now. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's having 72 games, 72 chances, you know, all this type of stuff. And whoever is the best top eight and the best each conference should be able to get in the playoffs. Part of me looks at looks at it as, as a way for the NBA just to make more money, get more ratings, you know, things like that. But the other part of me is like, OK, well, some of these teams and we've, we've seen this um, before in other sports, you know, some of these teams who deserve to get in don't get in because, you know, of whatever situation and I, I like the play-in tournament for that reason. It gives people who, you know, maybe didn't have the best game or something to, to kind of have a shot at it. We see how um, the WNBA does that they put, you know, the best 16 teams, one through 16, um, into the playoffs. And regardless, or, or, or regardless of their record, um, you know, regardless of conference, I should say, excuse me, regardless of conferences, they get in. And I've always wanted to see that situation in the NBA. But I mean, as far as playing tournament, it's kind of confusing. Uh, I'm glad you broke it down the way you did. But I mean, 
I, I'm indifferent about it. I, I like that they're doing it, but then I don't like it because, I mean, realistically, whoever makes it from that 9-10 game and is the 8 seed is probably going to get swept regardless anyways. So, I mean, I just think it's kind of a waste of time, but then again, it's it's more basketball to watch, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, for, for those teams in 9-10, it is a little more competitive. But, you know, it's something to keep in mind, as, as you and I both discussed earlier, you know, the Spurs do have the second toughest schedule in the league. So there's not, so again, they have to finish, uh, you know, 10th at worst in order to be, to be part of this. If they're not, you know, if they land 11th or, you know, they won't get 15 anymore because some of the, the, the bad teams out there. But, you know, they get 11th or 12th, well, then that, that does, it's not going to happen. They're not going to be part of this. Or, you know, if they move up to 7th or 8th, let's just say they, they do play better. Well, then, um, you know, they, all they would pretty much need is one game to win uh, out of those. And if, when that tournament takes place um so so don't forget to visit projectspurs.com i'm spurs cast listeners um you know steven continues to provide analysis after each game uh michael de leon's been um, um, creating some some game previews for, before each game um joe garcia has had different project spurs staff members on, on the spurs rewind videos um our newest writer rocky garza jr had, had an interesting piece called top 11 nba players under 25 spurs edition uh, and then, of course, uh, now that the draft, you know, we don't know uh, right now, it looks like the Spurs are going to get a lottery pick based on where they're at in the standings as of today. And so uh, Benjamin Bornstein's kind of keeping you uh, prepared for the lottery with the Spurs prospect watch pieces each week. The latest one is over Ayo uh, Das Un- Unmu of Illinois uh, by Benjamin Bornstein. So thanks again to Stephen for joining me here on the Spurs cast and also to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.